All right, you can take your Bible and turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. It's getting a little cooler out on Teen Soul Winning. Not much, but a little. Uh, next week, it looked like it was going to be maybe 10 degrees cooler than it was today. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, teen Soul Winning is hot. Uh, and we didn't have any saved today. I, I had said that, but then Megan reminded me that she had one saved today. And I was like, excuse me? And I was like, I didn't get a prospect or a convert slip. And she said, no, I knocked on this door, and there was a tea pitcher sitting on the side, and there was a lizard floating on the top of the water, and uh, she said, I poured it out and let him run away, so she had a lizard saved today, is what she says, so, but anyway, she's got a lizard ministry, uh, so, anyway, so, but we, we were in, we were in Tanglewood, so I know there's some sinners in there, amen, I believe they knocked on Brother Meyer's door today, and uh, I said, well, did you ask him if he was saved, and I was like, he's a deacon, he ought to be saved, <laughs> they didn't ask you, man. And I know we've knocked on Brother Ernest Jones's house as well, so we were over in that area. Uh, so anyway, got lots of invitations passed out, lots of doors knocked. So uh, in Genesis chapter 3, we're going to look at a verse here in verse 8 in just a second. But obviously, I'll give you my title and a little introduction here. Uh, it could have three different titles that could talk about the ways of communication and uh, I know that's a you know, curse word in some houses, and there's not a lot of communication that go on. You know, the wife wants to communicate, the husband just wants to grunt, and uh, so there's not a lot of communication that goes on. Uh, uh, and you know, she just, uh, and so that's, that's their communication, but I'm, so I'm not going to get in that area. But ways of communication, or how God talks to us, it could be titled that, how God talks to us. Or you could just give two words, and we could say, that's him. Uh, so you can pick whichever one you want up there in the sound room. Uh, ways of communication, how God talks to us, or that's him. Ways of communication has changed over the years. You know, I, I, I've been here a pretty good long time, but there's some of you that's been here even longer than I have, and you've seen this. Uh, I hate to use the word evolution, because, uh, but it just these things have evolved as far as the ways of communication. Uh, all the way back to the beginning, uh, Adam and Eve, they talked face-to-face. Uh, and then obviously God talked to them. And so face-to-face was probably the first part of communication, and that's always good. Uh, you know, you, a lot of people are nervous. They look at the ground or they can't make eye contact, things like that. But uh, we ought to be able to talk face-to-face. Uh, my dad taught me that. You know, boy, look at me in my eyeball. And, uh, you know, we don't, don't be looking at the ground. It's not time to pray. Uh, you know, you look right here. And so when you're talking to somebody, you know, that's what you ought to do. Don't look above them. Don't look at their feet. Look right here. Talk. Uh, and you, you look guilty of something or things like that if you can't. But anyway, face-to-face. Uh, and then, obviously, Tower of Babel came along, and there was a mix-up of the languages. Uh, and so unless the Holy Spirit was involved, you had to have some type of interpreter. Uh, you know, we have a couple of players on the, the best baseball team in the world, uh, Atlanta Braves, that can't speak English, so they have to have an interpreter. Uh, so I'm, you know, when I'm watching the post-game uh, report there, 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 there's an interpreter. He listens to him speak Spanish, and then he says to us what he said, and vice versa. Some people don't need that because they're bilingual or so forth, but you have a translator. Uh, and then you had, uh, you know, go give this person a message for me. 
Uh, maybe you had some compadres like that when you were in school. Go ask this girl if she likes me. Go ask this guy if he thinks I'm cute. Uh, in other words, you couldn't do it yourself, but you sent a messenger. Uh, I believe the, the Bible calls that an ambassador, a spokesperson for another. We're, we're ambassadors for Christ. Uh, so you would get somebody else to do your dirty talking for you, uh, your sweet talking for you, your you know, excuses for you. Uh, you have somebody to do it for you. And then this is a lost art, uh, written letters. Uh, I, I would hate to ask a show of hands, who's written a letter in the last forever? All right, now I, I've typed some, all right, but uh, or had somebody type some. Let me give give them credit. Uh, and I guess I've written them out, things like that. So, uh, but everybody that raised their hand, there was some that said they had. They were all my age or older. Okay. Uh, Anyway, because email is, is taking place of that, right? Just shoot me an email, shoot me an email, shoot me an email, and things like that. So th this evolved. Uh, and then we had, this is way back, some of the, the military people may have done this. You used a telegram, ways of communication, and, uh, and then you sent a telegram. And then, and then the telephone came around, and I won't ask who had a telephone that you had to wind up, you know, on the side. Uh, the, the oldest one I can remember, it was in our kitchen, and it had like a 30-foot-long cord. And you could play jump rope in the kitchen until your mom got, you know, killed you and got you out of there. But it was perfect. You know, just grab the handle and just go. I mean, the, the other side was connected to the wall, so it was first grade, second grade, all that stuff going on, uh, you know, with the telephone. Uh, but it was a wire connected, and then they obviously now we have, we can put them in our pockets, our purses, and our clips if we're old enough. But anyway, um, we had the telephone. And then that's morphed into different things. You know, used to, you just called and talked. Now you can, you remember when T9 came out? You had to use the alphabet to spell out. Uh, that would take care of a lot of texting because it just took too long, right? Uh, and then, you know, you had such small phones, you couldn't text because you hit four letters at the same time and so forth. So they've, they've enhanced that so everybody can text now, I think, because you can even talk text and uh, it'll, it'll correct it for you and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then... You know, I don't have any of these other things, but I, I know Facebook, you can personal message each other, I think, on that. I mean, there's all kinds of ways of communications. Uh, Instagram, you can talk to each other on that. Uh, and then these even video games and filter systems and things like that, they got these hidden chat rooms that you can talk on and things like that. I mean, there's all kinds of ways of communication. And it started all the way back from face-to-face -to, -face to all that other stuff. Uh, you know, I, I still like face-to-face Occasionally, I like a phone call. I try to leave all the rest of that stuff to somebody else. Uh, but there was even, you know, military, Morse code. You know, blink, 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 blink. Yeah, I mean, they could read that uh, and, and so forth. And we have it going on right here. Brother Jackson's doing it. He's sign language. He's communicating. He's telling them what he wants them to hear. <laughs> I'll just preach my own sermon. <laughs> Brother Stanley gets off in left field sometimes. They're all shaking their head up now. now. <laughs> so we have ways of communication. And, uh, you know, grunting is a communication. I tell my wife that all the time. You know, one, uh, is I don't want to talk about it right now. Two, uh, is I really don't want to talk now. But anyway, uh, you have communications. And, of course, facial expressions are communications. You know, blinkity blink eyes. You know, if you like a guy. <clears throat> and, you know, Walk, walking around like you're holding your breath if you like a girl. I mean, this is communication, right? You know, I know Brother Stanley's against he and she and, but, you know, you're kind of cute. And, you know, banquet's coming and all the you know, stuff, you know. <clears throat> you spray two bottles of Axe after basketball practice because, oh, my goodness. 
Anyway, you're trying to communicate something. All right. Uh, communication has drawn, uh, is grown, grown. There we go. I got it out right. Uh, and it has evolved in different ways. But in the Bible, we're going to look at five different ways that God has chosen to communicate with us over the years. Obviously, some of these were not a part of that us because it was before our time. But according to the Bible, I mean, there's more than five, but we're going to look at five of ways that God chose to speak to us or to communicate with humanity. And, of course, here in Genesis 3, 8, uh, we see, And they heard a voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Wouldn't that have been awesome? I mean, Adam and Eve got to talk to him. That's awesome to me. I mean, goodness gracious. And it says here, and, and, they, and his voice was there walking in the garden. And I don't understand that. You know, people, I'm sure, have different opinions about that. But we see, was God there or was just his voice there? But it says here, they heard his voice of, God, of, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And so we know the story. Of course, they were created perfect. And they had that relationship with God where he would just talk to them. Had to be awesome. And, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, and, met, you know, they, they messed it up for a little while, but obviously, praise the Lord, they tried to fix it with their fig leaves and hiding. Uh, but he caused some bloodshed and restored that relationship. Uh, but they got some consequences. They, got to, they had to leave the garden. So, second, let's go to Genesis 22. We're just going to walk through uh, the Bible here a little bit and look at these. This one's got several more verses than that one. Uh, but the first way that I can see, Genesis 3, God just actually spoke to them. Now, according to, to Genesis 22, at this point, God wasn't coming down in the cool of day. God wasn't talking specifically you know, like he was in Genesis 3. But we see here, and we're going to look at several places. It says here in verse 11 of chapter 22, And the angel of the Lord called unto him. So we see the angel of the Lord. Now, if you study that phrase, the angel of the Lord, you can go through uh, a lot of verse references uh, indicate that that might have been Jesus uh, and so forth. But we know the, the trinities involved and things like this. So, uh, again, but we see here the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. So this was just a call from heaven. They heard a voice from heaven, or Abraham did anyway. Uh, it says here, from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Uh, if you ever hear a voice from heaven, <laughs> that would be a good answer. Uh, here am I, uh, and so forth. But uh, you know, until the end time, you won't, uh, because God doesn't speak that way anymore. Uh, but the angel of the Lord spoke, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here am I. Let's go to Exodus 3. Just keep flipping. We'll just walk through the Old Testament here. We're not going to hit every book, promise. All right. Exodus 3, uh, another place that we see that the angel of the Lord was the choice of God's way of communication. And, of course, we know Abraham uh, was told, you know, go out and I'm going to make you a great nation. Where do, where do you want me to go? I don't, I'm not going to tell you. You just go. And so when he said, here am I, he did. He obeyed. Uh, had some hiccups along the way and things like that. Uh, but the angel of the Lord is the one that God chose to speak to Abraham with. Exodus 3, verses 2 through 4. It says in verse 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. So this one wasn't from heaven, just a voice from heaven that says here, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burn with fire and the bush was not consumed. And I, I always giggle when I read verse three and it says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside. I guess he's talking to himself, even though he had a speech impediment, you know, he's walking down through there and 
sees the bush on fire, and he said to himself, I will now turn aside. Uh, you know, okay. Uh, you know, but anyway, he said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burnt. And it says, and then when the Lord saw that he turned aside, I guess God probably giggled too. <laughs> he stopped, turned aside, and I got his attention. Uh, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside, then it says here, to see God, or to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the uh, bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he was just as smart as Abraham. <laughs> here am I. Uh, so we see two places now that the Lord chose to use the angel of the Lord in his way of communication. Let's flip on over to Numbers. Numbers. And we won't take time to read all this, but we'll see the story. Numbers 22. Numbers 22. In verse 20. Numbers 22 and verse 20. And it says there, And God came to Balaam at night. He didn't say how or or, or, you know, what he used, things like that, and said unto him, If these men come and call, thee rise up and go with them. But yet, with the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt do. So he, he said it was okay to go, but he said, I want you to behave like I want you to behave. I want you to do what I say do. And so Balaam rose up, and he went, things like that, and he was doing not what God told him to do. So in verse 22, God's anger was kindled. And uh, we know the story. Uh, so he's going down through there. And the angel of the Lord appeared, and he was riding his donkey. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, and it freaked it out a little bit. Uh, again, I, I've ridden horses that had, you know, I guess spears. Uh, I had this one horse that did not like to ride close to the road. So if you rode close to the road and a horse came by, he was going to try to acquaint you with the ground. Uh, he did not like being by the road. He hated cars. Uh, I had one that I rode one one time that did not like culvert pipes. Uh, you know, he would not go over, you know, a culvert pipe. He freaked him out. He'd run sideways, things like that. And so I'm sure this donkey had this fetish about seeing the angel of the Lord, I guess. So he, he was running sideways. He was bucking. He was things like that. The Bible even says he squished Balaam's foot against the wall. Been there, done that. All right. I've had them try to rub me off on branches, rub me off on fences, buck me off, things like that. And so, of course, just like I would have done, Balaam said, wow. Knock that donkey upside of the head. What are you doing? All right. Uh, I had a horse. I could always tell if he was going to try to do something stupid because he'd start going. Because my habit was to knock him upside the right side of the head with his reins or with a strap. And so he'd start, you know, flinching because he knew it was coming, but I knew it was coming too. So I'd get me a good hold and here we'd go sideways or we'd try to buck, things like that. But I mean, he'd whop that donkey upside the head. And say, you know, you're hurting my foot. You're trying to get rid of me. And, of course, this goes on for several verses. And uh, it even says it got down to a, a smaller trail. He was trying to make him go down. And lo and behold, there's the angel of the Lord. The donkey was going nuts again. And finally, the donkey looks at him and says, why do you keep hitting me? Uh, I mean, he's talking. Uh, and so, of course, the angel of the Lord showed up and talked, of course, we know the story, through the donkey uh, and told Balaam, you know, you need to get right uh, and, and so forth. So now the angel of the Lord has appeared or heard, we heard or Abraham heard him from heaven. He showed up in a bush and talked to Moses and now he showed up in a donkey and was talking to Balaam. Now let's go to 2 Kings 1. 2 Kings 1. Uh, you don't have to go to these last three. I'll just read them to you or tell you the story. You know them. Uh, the angel of the Lord in verse uh, chapter 1 of 2 Kings, verse 3, it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, and you know the story. Uh, you know, he had 
done great things and then found out that this heifer was going to try to kill him and got all pouty and things like that. And, and the angel of the Lord had to come talk to him. So the angel of the Lord showed up under the juniper tree. The angel of the Lord showed up and, and provided for him, things like that. So this was God's way of communication during this time of history. Uh, he would show up in the form of the angel of the Lord. First uh, Chronicles 21.16 1 Chronicles 21, 16, you can just write these down if you're taking notes. It says here, And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven, having, drawn, uh, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. And then David and the elders of Israel who were clothed in sackcloth fell on their faces. So again, obviously all these people, with the exception of Balaam for a time, had, had humility had falling on their face, had hear my Lord, had, had surrendered hearts, things like that, when the angel of the Lord showed up. Uh, we won't take time to, to read this one all either, but in Luke 2, the angel of the Lord showed up. And of course, we know this story of Jesus being born of a virgin. The angel of the Lord told Mary, you're going to have a child. All right? And then, of course, she was already engaged. And so you know what that would have probably caused, yakety yak, in that day and time. It would have definitely caused it in our day and time. It would have been all over the Internet. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, then he went to Joseph and said, look, it's all right. Okay? And he explained it to Joseph, and he, he told Joseph uh, what he had done and, and, and so forth. And uh, so the angel of the Lord showed up. So we see the angel of the Lord spoke in many different places, uh, from heaven, uh, from a burning bush, from under a juniper tree, from a donkey, uh, and even face-to-face, the angel of the Lord. So we've seen two types of communication that God's used in the Bible so far. One, his voice. Now, the angel of the Lord. Now, let's go to Matthew 3. We will look at these three. Uh, Matthew 3. And this is the third type of communication. And, uh, again, it's similar to the first, but it says a voice from heaven. It, it, um, you know, of course, it indicates that God, God is saying it here. So, but this is in the New Testament. And this was, um, I guess, John the Baptist time, right before Jesus' ministry started, things like this. So the angel of the Lord, obviously God communicated with Adam and Eve face-to-face, talked to them, uh, or at least his voice. Uh, And then we see the angel of the Lord. And now we see a different, not a different way of communication, but maybe a different setting. In Matthew 3, verse 17, it says here, And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And, of course, we know that this was uh, where Jesus was going to get baptized by John the Baptist. And, of course, John said, I'm not baptizing you. Uh, I need to get baptized of you, not me baptizing you. And, of course, we know all that situation. And during that time, a dove came down from heaven and and lit lit on his uh, shoulder. And we heard or they heard the voice of the Lord saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, All of that would have been awesome to see in the Garden of Eden. I wouldn't have wanted to be Balaam, but I would have liked to watch that. That would have been pretty cool. Uh, We'd we, we have liked to have seen all that kind of stuff. And I, liked, I would have loved to hear this. Two other places in the Bible talk about the same thing. You don't have to turn there. But Mark 1.11 says this, And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son. Matthew, it said, This is my beloved son. Mark, uh, indication that said, that Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Uh, Luke even flowered it up a little bit more. In Luke 3, verse 22, it says, And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and the voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Uh, So we see uh, that so far in the Bible, 
these three types or three times of, of communication, the voice of the Lord in the, in the, in the garden, uh, the angel of the Lord showing up in different places, and then uh, the voice coming from heaven. And then the fourth one uh, of ways of communication is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. Uh, and again, just like I'm, I, I would covet the, the opportunity to have Adam and Eve situation and, and some of those other biblical stories, that would have been pretty neat. Uh, things like this, I'd have loved to have been there to hear, uh, this is my beloved son and well, uh, whom I am well pleased. And of course, who would not have wanted to be on the earth at the time that Jesus was and see him? And to be a part of his ministry and to travel with him around and, uh, and, and so forth, see the miracles and things like that. So these people at this time actually got to communicate with God again, face to face in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. And so we'll look at a couple of places where it says this, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, very familiar one. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, I'll start reading while you're flipping. It says this, and Jesus came and spake unto them. So, I mean, with his voice, him personally. Uh, it wasn't a voice from heaven. It wasn't an angel of the Lord. It was Jesus Christ himself. And it says here, and he came. And if you have a, a, a Bible, it's red letter edition. Of course, you see that he came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And if you just stopped right there, you might think well, he was being a little bit arrogant, which it wouldn't be arrogant. It's true. <laughs> Uh, all power is given to him. Uh, but then in the next two verses, he's trying to set them at ease. Uh, he wasn't trying to talk to them braggadocious, uh, with a braggadocious spirit. He was saying, all power is given to me. Just calm down. We got this. And then it says here in verse 19, go ye therefore. All right? But because I'm talking to you and because I have all the power given to me, I want you to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Uh, you know, again, we can read that. And the Bible says that he's no respecter of persons, so we can claim that as a promise to us, but they got to hear it. I mean, he was telling it to them. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of difference between I heard the fellow say it himself or I heard what he said and he said to do this. Uh, it, it just has... You know, more, way more oomph to it, uh, credibility, uh, power behind it. But Matthew 14, 27, so we'll go back a little bit. We'll look at a couple other places where Jesus Christ himself spake. And again, we have his word. Uh, it's forever settled. It's, it's just like he said it to us. But, you know, I, I just can't get over the fact that they actually heard him say it. Uh, again, I, I don't know what his voice sound like. Uh, I know that the pictures that you see of him, that's just fictitious. That's, you know, I don't think he's got blonde hair. He was Jewish. Uh, you know, those big old blue eyes. And, and I know he didn't have long hair because he wouldn't say it's a shame for a man to have long hair and then have long hair. So, I, I mean, so anyway, but I don't know what he sounds like. But in Matthew 14, 27, it says here, But straightway Jesus spake unto them. Saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And of course we know this is when he came walking on the water. Uh, they were afraid of the storm a little bit, but then they see somebody walking on the water, so that freaked them out a little bit more. And uh, he's telling them, uh, he's speaking to them. Hey, be not afraid, it's me. Be of good cheer. Now, we have that promise, and we can believe it just like they can believe it, but they heard it uh, in this communication straight from his mouth. Go back one more chapter, Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 34. Matthew 13, 34. Jesus himself communicating. 
Matthew 13, 34 says this, And these things spake Jesus unto the multitudes in parables, and without parables spake he not unto them. Uh, and so, of course, he's talking to the multitudes. We know he talked to individuals and probably didn't use parables. He was just talking to them. Uh, he talked to maybe his disciples, and this is what I want you to do, maybe not in parables. But when he was speaking to the multitude, he spoke in parables. Uh, maybe in our lingo, it might be he used illustrations that would be relevant to us. Uh, and so it would make sense to them. Now, there's a lot of things that go on in the Christian life that, you know, doesn't make sense to us. We just have to believe it by faith. We have to try our best to obey God. But to hear him say it, it would just put us at ease because he would use some type of parable or illustration to teach it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how to preach or teach without using stories. That's just me. All right. Uh, and so uh, I would have liked this. Uh, I mean, he used parables like run, you know, sports parables. I got a bunch of those. <laughs> All right. He used parables like farming. I've done a little bit of that. Most of us died except the animals until I'm ready, ready for them to die. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I get those type things uh, and, and so forth. So I, I would have loved to just hear him explain and use parables, hearing it with my own ears. That would have been awesome. Uh, let's go to John 8. John 8. John 8, verse 12. It says here, Then spake Jesus, Unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of life. Uh, again, confidence. Uh, when, when, when I was growing up, and if I was outside or if I was in the woods, if my dad was there, I was fine. Right? If my dad was there and a flashlight was there, I was even better. If my dad was there and a flashlight and a weapon, I was good. All right, but you take any one of those three things out of the scenario, and I got a little bit nervous. Uh, you know, I was all big and bad, and I wouldn't tell anybody, but, you know, I remember, you know, booking it through the woods, hitting tree limbs, running into spider webs. Why? I didn't want to be in there as long as I, you know, I was getting out of there. Uh, but if you put, again, my dad and a flashlight and a weapon in there, it just give me peace and calm, and I wasn't scared of anything. Can you imagine this? Jesus telling them. I'm the light of the world. And if you'll follow me, you're going to have light in life. You're going to be able to see everything. I'm right here to take care of it. I think that's probably why they freaked out a little bit when he died. And, you know, they just, because they didn't hear his voice for three days. Uh, I mean, he wasn't there. And so we see that Jesus speaking to them, I'm the light of the world. You follow me. There, anytime you go through darkness, you're going to have some light because I'm right there. One more place we'll look that Jesus spoke to them. John 14, 18. John 14, 18. John 14, 18 says this, I will not leave you comfortless. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is after he's given them uh, their duties and told them what to do. He was going to go back to heaven. But he was telling them, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one. So all these things are God, and all these things are the Lord, and all these things will be the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own image. They were all there from the beginning. But he says here that I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, and again, when somebody tells you that, you know, I'll be there at this time, 
if they're a trustworthy person, you have confidence that they're going to do that. Uh, well, I'll, I got your back, or I'll do this, and that gives you peace. That gives you comfort. And Jesus says here, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Uh, I will come to you. And so we're going to now look at the fifth type of communication that God uses, and this is where we get in, in the picture. We weren't in the Garden of Eden. We weren't at the burning bush with Moses or Elijah. Uh, we weren't there when Jesus was baptized, and we weren't there when Jesus was on the earth. But now here, lo and behold, we are here, uh, and we have the Holy Spirit. Number five, the way God communicates, the Holy Spirit. So let's look at a couple verses here, and then we'll uh, preach you to the, the uh, conclusion here in just a second, uh, laying, laying this out. Uh, five ways that God has chosen to communicate. Uh, in John 14, 16, John 14, 16, three verses that we can lo- lay hold on. And we, ha- we can claim that promise. Just like Adam and Eve had the promise, hey, I'm going to come talk to you every day. Moses and Abraham and Elijah and all those, I got your back. I'm right here with you. I'm going to guide you and provide for you. Uh, Jesus, when he was here on the earth, those disciples got to see him, hear him every day, how awesome that was. But then now the rest of us people, <laughs> that had already taken place in our lifetime. And he went back to heaven to sit on the right hand of the Father. But he gave the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give, the, give you a comforter that he, may be, that he may abide with you forever. So it wasn't just for a couple of days till you get over me being gone. It was forever. And from that time till this time until Jesus Christ comes back, we have that promise that the Holy Spirit is here to comfort us. And that's how uh, when you're comforting somebody, that you use communication. Sorry for your loss. I was talking to my dad yesterday. His older brother passed away yesterday. And so I was trying to comfort my dad. I know, <laughs> I know it hurts. But praise God, we know where he's at. And we know he was, he was struggling for a long time, and he's not hurting anymore. That's communication. That's, that's talking. And so we see here that he's like, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. You're not going to have to go through life without, I wonder where God is. I don't know what God's saying. He, he told these people, and he was right there with them, and things like, no, he's right here with us. We got that promise. John 14, 26, skip down 10 verses. John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, couldn't be more plain than that. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring, you, or bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. So he's like, look, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And I've told this in in some of my classes, Bible classes and so forth. If somebody says, you know, I just can't understand this Bible. (laughs) You know what they just said? I'm just not saved. Plain as day. Because if you got the Holy Spirit inside you, he'll teach you what this book says. And then one of the most awesome things in soul winning to me is when you're sitting there and somebody gave you an excuse and you feel it, Holy Spirit brings a verse to your mind and you tell it to them and you watch the Holy Spirit just work on them. That's him. He's right there. We see that the Holy Ghost will teach us and bring to our remembrance everything. John 15, 26. Let's look at it. Last verse. John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth out 
from the Father shall testify of me. So the Holy Spirit's there, God's going to be there, and I'm going to be there. Uh, we're all one. We're right there with you. We got your back. We'll comfort you. We'll guide you. We'll teach you. We'll help you. We'll do everything that we can for you. He's communicating that to us. Maybe not from the clouds. Maybe not from a burning bush. Maybe not from uh, you know Jesus himself. But praise God, we got the Holy Spirit. We got them all. So we see here, we don't, we don't live by sight. Okay? We, we don't. We don't even live by sound. But we live by faith. So we got to trust that by faith that the Holy Spirit's there for us. We don't hear the voice from heaven. We don't see the angel of the Lord. We haven't heard the voice from heaven. We haven't heard from Jesus himself when he spake. But we have, praise God, heard from the Holy Spirit. And so my last conclusion here, I'm going to give you about 11 points real quick. All right? But this is where I wanted to get to the whole night. <laughs> We've just been going through that. And I like all that. But I really like this, all right? And I, and, I, and I almost jumped into it just a second ago. But when the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin and drew you, and you received salvation, that was him. I remember that day at a 10-year-old boy sitting right back here and getting saved right there. Probably got saved on the way down here, all right? But that was him. He was communicating to me. And Elijah was like, wow, this is awesome, the angel of the Lord right here in the juniper tree. Moses stopped and said, man, I think I'm going to go over here and look at this. Right? Yeah, they had all that, but I had that. He spoke to me. He communicated to me. The Holy Spirit convicted me of my sins and drew me, and I came and got saved. Woo, God talked to me. I hope you can remember it. That, that's him. There's a song entitled, That's Him. I'm not too crazy about the words of it, but I love the connotation. That's him. <laughs> All right. Just like they could say, God talked to me in the garden. God talked to me from the burning bush. God talked to me. God talked to me at Calvary Baptist Church when I was 10 years old for the first time. I remember it. May not be in the Bible, but it's in here. That's him. When God convicts me of my sin after that I got saved, that's him. We've all been there. Got that look from mom and dad across the auditorium. All right, because we, we're there, you know, you're like <laughs> trying to hide from the look. Once he became my savior, I was his. He's given me the look when I did wrong. That's communication. Uh, you've probably told your son, I know I have, boy, I'll rip your arm off and beat you with the bloody end of it. Anybody ever had that said to you? All right, me too, okay? Now, I still got them both. They, were, they didn't do it, but I thought they were thinking about doing it. That's communication. But you know what? Now that I'm 54 and, I, and I've lived my life, I thank God for my dad and my mom that taught me and spanked me and corrected me. Why? Because I was theirs. So when God convicts me from sin, that's him. I know I belong to him. When you feel that nudge to do the will of God, that's him. All of us that have surrendered our life to do whatever God wants to do, we felt the Holy Spirit saying, you need to surrender. You need to just lay your life down. Don't take it back up. Give it to me. That's him. That's him. He's talking to us. When you feel the call to do an area of service in the Lord's will, that's him. I thank God that he 
and called me to preach and called me to, to, to serve him and with, with anything I could do. I, I, I love that. And I, I could give you the, my testimony of surrendering to preach. Uh, but it just reminds me that was him. Just as important as the garden. Just as important as the bush. 17-year-old boy in Atlanta, Georgia at Forest Hills Baptist Church. I said, I want you to be a preacher. That was him. I heard it. Not audibly, but I know it was him. When I received blessings because I put him first in my life, that's just him saying, that a boy. You're doing right. There you go. He didn't say it out loud, but I heard it, and that was him. When he's comforted me when I went through a loss or a struggle, God, I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit just comes and gives you that peace and says, this is the way, walk ye in it. That's him communicating to me. When I have needs and I see God meet them, and I'm like, wow, that's him. All these guys, they got to say, wow, God talked to me in the garden. God talked to me in the burning bush. God talked to me in, from my donkey. Uh, but I got just as many. God talked to me. Hope you're thinking of them right now as you had had him talk to you at those same, same times. When I pray and see an answer to prayer, that's him. When I read the Bible and my heart just burns, that's him. When I sing a song or hear a song sung and it stirs me and I feel his presence, that's him. When we're gathered in the house where two or three are gathered together, he's in the midst and we feel his presence, that's him. When we fellowship with one another and we feel that presence, that's him. So we've all heard his voice. Maybe not out loud, but that comfort that has come to give you comfort that lives inside of you, and you go through any of those, you've all heard it. You've all felt it. That's him. Now, so praise the Lord. We see from, from Adam and Eve, he spoke to the angel of the Lord, to Jesus himself, from the voice from heaven to Jesus himself. But hey, I got two more verses I want to show you. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4.16. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We're going to hear it. Just like they did in the garden. Just like he did under the juniper tree. Just like that we're going to get to hear it. And we won't have to wonder what he sounds like anymore. Because we'll hear it. Revelation eleven twelve says this. And I heard a great voice. Wow. From heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud. And there beheld them. Man, one day. We won't have to hear it by faith. We won't have to hear it by the word of God being preached. We won't have to hear it by the Holy Spirit convicting us. We'll hear it audibly and we'll see him face to face. God likes to communicate. And I like what I get to communicate with him now, but I can't wait till that day. And I hear him say, come up hither. Guess what? That'll be him. <laughs> 